Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Monday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is November 9th. Andy, how are we doing? Brendan, I am, uh, I'm doing all right. I, I Just all right? Yeah, yeah. It was, I really enjoyed the, the golf this weekend. Hey, is your mic on? Yeah, I think Just so. Just to confirm, we've had a run of audio difficulties here at the start. I was thought one thing was microphone, it was actually speaker. Are you sure it's on? I believe it's on. I'm, it sounds like you're shouting into a room. But what, okay. Whatever I'm recording on is, is saying okay. that it's on. Okay, it'll work then. Um, hey, what a weekend. It's been, a, you know, 2020 has tested us. Feels like, you know, finally something good happened. We got an extra day of Champions Tour golf. <laughs> Just a complete windfall. Finally, the worm is turning. Something good happened. After a long year of testing, we got just a the champions tour golf just didn't want to go away yet. We yeah, we got few, Monday a few more holes of Kevin Sutherland and Paul Broadhurst <laughs> duking it out. The worm has turned. What what better Was way it? to wake up Monday and get more champions tour playoff? Charles Schwab Cup has not been decided. Uh, that is, you know, all your little, it's Masters week. Masters has arrived. Tweets, they got, they're getting bumped. They're getting big time by yeah. Champions Tour playoff. They haven't even let this, this week end yet. I mean, it's very disrespectful. <laughs> Wasn't Kev, Kevin Sutherland, didn't he win here a few years ago and out of the blue? You know, you are, you are straining my knowledge of Champions Tour <laughs> golf by asking me that question. I do not have that in the reservoir. Maybe he could have. I don't know. I feel though, like but. he went, won here a few years ago, and it, but then <laughs> somebody else be. won the you know Schwab Cup, kind of like this year. Bernie, Bernie might have won it from the bar, just like uh, like old anchor <laughs> from boy. The bar. <laughs> you think they're gonna change the Schwab Cup and uh, make it sort of the the net, the reset, like they did at the Tour Championship? Yes, they're sick of these bar winning it from the bar situations. It's where I'd like to win it. You know, that's a, that's a, it's a commendable season if you played so just well that you just win that win it whatever you do. You know, they're on the seventh hole. Is that accurate? Yeah. I think they've started it, or they're no. It, it I was think they're starting. They're teeing off the seventh hole. Completely pitch black. We'll get into Champions Tour discussion in a little bit. Um, are, is that? Are we going to get into it more of it? Like the, I think. Oh, that, yeah. I think we've got. There's enough a lot there. of stuff. Ernie Els, John Pettit, a listener sent me a video. Ernie Els, you see this? He's plumb bobbing wedge shots from 110 yards. He was plumb bobbing. I got the video. I might need to post it. Or I, I mean, it's like JB Holmes, except he's out there with the wedge in his hand. Lining it up like a doofus right in the middle of the fairway. Now I never have help. understood plumb bobbing. <laughs> I don't get it. I, I don't understand. Like I people don't understand have explained it, it to me multiple times, and 
I don't know what I dominant I am. I always get it confused, and then I'm looking at the plum bob, and I don't even understand what I'm looking at. <laughs> I, I I I don't know that I've seen. What is he plum bobbing from 110 yards? <laughs> I don't know. He went. I mean, he went to the short side of the green and landed it. I mean, he hit a good shot. But and, and as soon as he struck it, I think it was Kurt Byram on the call. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, no. Get down. Get down. But it was like it wasn't even it was a great shot. The announcer was off and, and you know, Ernie had a plumb bob dialed in. But it was just <laughs> amusing to see somebody do that with their whatever it was, a 58 degree, whatever he had in his hand. With his so, Axios. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's off the Axio bandwagon. <laughs> You don't see those commercials anymore where he's rolling around in his convertible selling XEO. Uh, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, a Champions Tour was kind of this, you know, horn of plenty content, in my opinion. A lot of good stuff. You got guys cursing left and right. You see Lumpy getting into it with Billy Andre. <laughs> well, you're away. What the fuck? <laughs> you know? Billy Andre, there's, there's a centerline tree. Uh, one of the, uh, one of these holes, uh, Phoenix Country Club, good course, right? I Home mean, of Shane classic, Bacon, old school course. Home of the Hurricane. Um, <laughs> I played. They got I played around with Shane Bacon there. I thought so. Yeah, it's good classic course in Phoenix. Broadhurst hit this incredible shot from right where I was in my round. I hit it into the water, made like a double. Broadhurst yeah. hit this incredible shot. It was in the seventeenth hole. He made it. He was behind the trees. He hit it. From behind the trees to like four feet, made birdie. It was actually an incredible shot. So they they have this centerline tree. I d- I guess that's Billy I was Andre- so confused by when you put that up because I remember that tree and I didn't think it was really in play. I guess on Friday, Billy Andrade again was asking for a drop. He must he have hit a wounded duck or something. He says it shouldn't be there. He wanted to drop. I, I don't know on, on account of what, just because he, he was bothered by it. There was a, Sutherland had to hit up and under it, you know, uh, the one time. I the bet, those, right are, I bet the, they get those kinds of drops, you know, all the yeah, time on the championship. I don't think this should be here. All right. Take a drop. All right. Uh, this concludes our Charles Schwab Cup championship segment. Unless you have anything else you'd like to discuss. I mean, they're playing into the pitch black. It's kind of, they clearly did not want, they don't do four day tournaments on the, on the champions tour. And, uh, they were trying to get it in Sunday night. Hey, um, did you see my college football team punted from fourth and, uh, fourth and goal? Wait, what? They had four. They were first in goal. They, they, lost end, the they ended up punting. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. What's that's unbelievable. What's the golf equivalent to that? You oh, get that's first, a good question. first in goal, and then you end up that's punting. That's a good question. That's a good question. Oh man, I don't know. What is it? I mean, it's 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 I hitting like a wedge shot to. You know, three feet and three putting or something like that, right? I mean, I think that. I don't even think it's that. I think it's worse than that. It'd be like seven putting. (laughs) Perhaps that you don't hear about that ever, really. Like not even getting Um, a field goal attempt out of it. Right, right. (laughs) That's sad. Did they win? Who they play? They got killed by Minnesota. They're underdogs to Rutgers. Minnesota stinks. Might might stink (laughs) too. 
they got blown out the first two weeks, I thought. So, um, but okay. my, sorry to the hear two that. football teams I'm a fan of, the Illini, we have Lovey Smith, former NFL coach of the year, def- defensive wizard. Yep. Our defense is horrible. Just horrendous. Yeah. Can't stop anybody. Then we got Matt Nagy with the Bears. Offensive wizard, mastermind. Can't score points against like the worst defense in the NFL. Just it's quite it ironic. Seems like a d- disaster. The Bears, I can't believe that. Yeah. They seem like a mess. I will never understand the Illinois thing. You need you need more crooked alums. You need to just start keeping putting up the wall around the state. Wisconsin should not be taking Wisconsin. You the guys prop- should be the program that Wisconsin. <laughs> no, is. you start you start paying kids in the Chicagoland area to go down to Illinois. You need to start giving them some of that egg money. I'm just to I'm get- just gonna lay this out there. All right, if you're a kid from the Chicago suburbs, Champaign's two and a half hours away. Madison's two and a half hours away. Iowa's three hours away. Ann Arbor's three hours away. South Bend's it. two hours away. Like. Illinois, and you got Fitzy. You got fit. You could go Fitzy. <laughs> Chicago. The power, of, the power of Fitzy. Yeah. He's out there recruiting, like you know, Dion would recruit for Florida State or something like that. They got their son of Matt Fitzpatrick into these kids' homes in Chicago. So, so my point is, it's just the whole like. Nobody's going down to Champaign. I went to, down to Champaign because in-state tuition. Yeah, I mean, Cleveland, all the Cleveland kids go to Ohio State, and that's two and a half hours away. It wasn't like that when I was growing up, but I mean, Ohio State's Ohio State, I guess. Yeah. That's that's... I think there's a way you could make it, Illinois, like, get Illinois up there, though. All right, we're on a. And much, then in basketball, then Duke and Carolina and Kentucky. Kentucky comes, sure. and Kansas drops off bags of cash and, you know, takes all the Chicago oh. kids. <laughs> that's all right. All right, we're way off topic. Any other odds and ends from the weekend? Baker's on the COVID list. My buddy played golf behind him. He was out there whacking it around on, on Thursday. Now he's on the COVID list. He might not be able to play. We need him. We might get a or, or we might he may get Eddie uh, Wally pipped. I feel you know, like he, is your by, backup uh, Case cor- Keenum? Oh, it's Case Keenum. I feel like yeah. your backup quarterback should always have to be Brian Hoyer. Just, I think that's the Patriots. Scenario. He just seems so. like a Cleveland guy. He is a Cleveland guy. That's He's from I'm, Cleveland. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Perpetually should be your backup quarterback. I was thinking about that when I was raking leaves today. <laughs> that's what you were thinking about when you were raking leaves? Well, I saw Lord. I saw the news that Baker was on the and I thought I was oh. I was raking. I was like, who's their backup quarterback? I was like, oh, it must be Brian Hoyer. That must be who it is. All right, know. let's He's move up. on. Let's move on. One last odd and end, odds and ends from the weekend. Did you see a, a, a listener, audience member, uh, Luke Boatwright tweeted he found a chain smokers t shirt? <laughs> They're advice. selling these in the pro shop at Sawgrass. No. The chain smokers concert. That's where he got it. He got it this morning. He played. The, I didn't know that was at Sawgrass. Yes, it was at the seventeen million dollar driveway. At the end of it, they they're selling chain smoker in the pro shop. Do you think so, that's how they got him to come do the concert? So that we'll sell, sell your merch in no, our I think pro they probably shop. Probably paid him several million dollars. But 
So Luke starts texting. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this. He was going to get us some. He went out and played. I go, that's amazing. He's like, what's your size? Like, I'll Venmo you. I was like, oh, you don't have to do that. But if you do, I'll Venmo you. He goes back in. Said they've all been taken out. What? Yeah. I think Pontevedra saw us, you know, giving this a little run. Pure appreciation. No ton in cheek. I appreciate the Chase Smoker <laughs> shirt. I think it's great. And I wanted one. But he claims he went back in after his route. He's going to get some for us. And the rack, whatever was there, they were gone. Unbelievable. Conspiracy. I want my Chase Smoker shirt. I don't understand. We just want to appreciate the. You know, historical concert moment in PGA Tour history. Okay. Man, they and must it, be listening to, you know, all of I, our conversation, monitoring. Wonder, I, no, I wonder I mean, if I, this we're is just. They're waiting for, laying and wait for you to say another bad thing about charity. Some light chatter on Twitter, I guess. And they were off the rack when he got in. It's unbelievable. Um, okay, let's get to it. It's Masters Week. We've talked Champions Tour, we've talked Bears, Illinois, recruiting base. Uh, all right. Should we do Houston Open, though, first? Yeah. What I, okay, go ahead. Carlos Ortiz wins the Houston Open. I, I want to talk about the Masters for a sec, but let's go. What do you uh, want to talk about with the Masters? Nothing. We nothing can boot at it. All. We'll, we can boot the, uh, the Houston Open back. We'll, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. Carlos Ortiz wins. First Mexican to win on the PGA Tour in 42 years. Um, not the first Latin American. Did you see who he went to North, North Texas with? Who he no. played college golf with? Abe Answer? Bassey. No way. What a one-two punch that is. Carlos Ortiz and Bassey played at North Texas together. So, uh, emotional win. He beats Dustin Johnson. Jason Day was in the final group. Hideki was making a big charge. Some some real quality names at the top of the leaderboard. And Ortiz is your winner. Of course, he's not playing next week at the Masters. That's a big thing that everybody's talking about. He does get an invitation next year. Um really great great watch sunday i like the early end of course me too daylight oh it's just great when it's like one o'clock to four o'clock was fantastic so yeah this was a great great turn i thought this was a really good tournament good leaderboard it was uh nice to see some big names in the uh in the mix and i always like when a guy that hasn't won or doesn't win a lot comes down the stretch and beats the bigger names like i mean I agree. It's it's one thing when you win like the way that uh, Brian Gay won last week over <laughs> over a bunch of you know like it's like Wyndham the what, rewards doesn't do it for you. Well, it's like what um you know they call used to call Omira the king of the bees. You know, right, right. Like it's one thing to win those tournaments, and then it's another thing to win when you beat Hideki Matsuyama and Dustin Johnson on the back nine right. on Sunday. And I think that right. is uh, something for Ortiz. Obviously, it hasn't gone the way a lot of people expected it to to go. I think this cements that he'll be, you know, for at least a while, be more famous than his younger brother Alvaro, who's gotten more play on this uh, podcast than Carlos. Um, yeah. But Carlos is, you know, he's he's Corn Ferry his, history, uh, you know, maker with his battlefield. The battlefield's been like the worst thing that can happen to you. I know. West Bryan, kind of injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, West Bryan, Carlos Ortiz, uh, Michael Sim, who, like, he's playing in Australia now. Nick Flanagan, yep. 
Ooh. Not good. I forgot about him. Jason Gore works for the USGA. Tom I, wasn't Gar- he like wasn't he like feasting on some like Met Golf events or somebody was somebody's DMing us. Jason Gore just lighting people up at different Met events. I don't know if that's true, but I I, 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 I was amused by it. But go Wonder, ahead. he might be able to get his amp status back. Oh come on. Call it a favor with his employer and get his hips. I don't think they do that just for the uproar. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Tom Carter. Not Tron. Tom Carter. I don't know who that is. I don't remember him. Patrick Moore. Heath Slocum. Chad Campbell. Pat Bates. Three of them in 2001. I wonder what was going on in 2001. Maybe not a lot of competition out there in 2001. And then Chris so. Smith. So okay, Chad Campbell's the best, best of all, best of the bunch. Best career out of it, yeah. yeah. No, Ortiz is a great story. I thought it was, uh, you know, he, he, you know, finishes in style with the birdie, um, and, and with like real kind of weight breathing down his neck. So uh, DJ was, you know, right back in it, right back on the horse. Brooksy goes, what do you go? 65, 65, 65, 65. I saw in the week that DJ only played the par fives two under. I mean, that was kind of his undoing at the end. He sort of like squandered it at, what is it, 16? Is that the last Mm -hmm. par five? Yeah. Sort of missed his birdie chance there. That was kind of the undoing. It's kind of insane that he didn't play the par fives well and had a chance to win when, you know, it's just like, and I think that's a a sign of maybe a little rust. I I always, I always think that if you don't, if you're playing the par fives, well, that means you got everything going because you're hitting your driver. Well, you're hitting irons. Well, and then you're getting up and down and putting. Like I always think that par five performance is such a good, barometer of how you're playing in general because you got to do every aspect of the game well to score on par fives for the most part um yep. but yeah i i mean i think for dj this pretty much answers any questions and i think you know as as like a contender i don't think you really want to win the week before the masters i agree you've you've proffered this theory before uh, i i kind of agree with it i i don't think that's when you want to be in the winner's circle just by the sure sheer dumb odds of it you know probability of it you know you, you could be the best player it's just i don't know maybe there's nothing to it maybe it's a baseless sort of fear but i, I wouldn't want to do it either so but. so for the guys hideki dj brooks and jason day in hatton you know, those are guys that you have to say are contenders. All of them. Job well done this week. Go to some Augusta. Six, played well, you know. Some rounds in the 60s, you know. <laughs> post a few of those. Uh, Brooksy, I love. A sign of a guy who doesn't have an equipment deal. Just saying you got some piece of shit driver. Put it in play for the first two days. <laughs> I mean, you're not. If the guy's under contract and he's supposed to be playing some new driver, they're not saying that. They're like, ah, you know. Got it. Rory's sort of danced around this with the tailor-made cycle, product cycle. He's sort of like, well, I finally started hitting the you know the new one the right way, and in a month I got to put the next one into play. So, but no one, no one, unless you're under, you you're, don't have a contract, can talk like this. I thought that was 
pretty amusing. He goes, I'm an idiot. I just had to play a new driver. And it was terrible. That thing is in the, in the ravine right now. So <clears throat> another reason why we like Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. It's All right. A, what'd you make? Go ahead. Yeah. The golf course you were going to ask. Yeah. Me? What'd you make of it? Memorial I, park. It, uh, it's, it's awesome. It's fun. I, I really enjoyed it. I think it played phenomenally this week. It was firm. Um, the rough was really unpredictable, and I think that caused a lot of problems with, with players. They didn't know if the ball was going to uh-huh. jump, come out dead. And I think, you know, for what it is, it's a municipal golf course. It, it's a great, great for a tour venue because you, it does – it's different than a lot of other places. We saw guys make some really big numbers around really the greens, big numbers. which Grayson, was really, really fun. Phil. Yeah. Um, Atlanta, was it Lanto? Lanto made a eight or no, it was uh Sam Ryder made a greenside seven on yes, a par four, right. drove it up by the mm-hmm. green, made seven. Yep. <laughs> um, that might be, that might be the uh, equivalent of the uh, fourth and goal punt. <laughs> that might be the the better analogy yeah, yeah but uh it, exciting close like i it has the short par 4 13th and then and i i know that was a big big part of uh what doke and brooksy wanted to do was they wanted an ex- a exciting finish where anything could happen and we saw it today like ortiz almost made that eagle on 16 but you have the short par 3 15th you have the scorable par four or par five 16th which you feel like you have to make a birdie and like dj didn't make a birdie then you've got a short par four 17th and a uh and 18 you know so so you enjoyed it more than rory sabatini is that what you're saying (laughs) sabatini withdrew and uh we got reports no reason given was the pga tour comms tweet usually they say backs wrist whatever no reason given was the parenthetical uh, which was interesting, but but reports, you got word from reports, inside. Reports on the ground said he was cursing the course all round, and then he almost walked off very early in the round before the 18th <laughs> hole because how much he hated the golf course. There you go. That's that's, that's old good. school Sabo, testy Sabo, right? That's the side of a good course. It got enough to our player's head a little bit. I, it did seem like most. Were there any critical comments in the way of we got at the Nelson? Uh, what's the name? <laughs> Trinity Forest. I, I didn't really hear anything like that. I, one person said, "I mean, this is like really good prep for Augusta, aside from mm-hmm. the grass type. You know, some of the grass types and stuff." But that's they thought a, I it was thought really. That's why I thought too. Is like that is like a great outside of like coronavirus, outside of the risk of, you know, that's the only only reason i wouldn't say that was a great prep place but yeah short grass all around the greens lots of different shots you have to hit um slope in the greens that you can feed balls off of from away uh from the flag here's do you want do you want a couple quotes on the course that uh, yeah love pulled for the uh newsletter yep. on friday sorry for those yep. that read the newsletter on friday but um double dip in here Cameron Davis, the penalty for just missing on the wrong side becomes really big because the ball just rolls away. It's been a while since I've played a course on tour that's really done that, and it's great. It reminds me a lot of back in Australia. Ah, there you go. 
Adam Scott, I can see this week is going to be one of those long weeks on the golf course. It's a pretty relentless golf course. It demands a lot of good hitting, and the greens are beautiful, but they're tricky to put on, so it's going to be a grind this week. Um, let's see. Shane Lowry, you're hitting a lot of bid, a long, a lot of bid to long irons out here. You need to be very precise with your iron shots. You know, other than, uh, than the grass... It kind of just most other things you would want to get ready for next week. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. I the one thing that um, stuck with me, and it was the point because you made the point, I guess, last Wednesday at this point, um, was the whole concept of like like civic community golf. They did some sort of drone shot, or you know, I don't know, high up shot, and they used the skyline, or there was part of the city you could see Houston right there. And just like, it's not a $17 million driveway, probably. I would hazard a guess. The clubhouse is probably pretty understated, at least from what I could tell. And It's new. It's just, yeah, it, it looked new. It looked modern. It looked very nice. But just the concept of the best in the world sort of dropping in on a real community where people could easily get to. And, and I know Houston's not the most, you know, it's a pretty um, sprawling city. But like, and it doesn't have to be public. I'm not sitting here trying to say like you got to go play at the ten dollar Muni. But something about playing in the city where the best in the world sort of be, drop into the community, and it's not like this whole walled off type event in some planned gated community way far away. I think there's really something to that for the PGA Tour in terms of not growing the game or growing the audience, but at least making the event feel so, like something more. Is all I would say. Another one that's a perfect example of that, and it's private, is Detroit yeah. Golf Club in Detroit. Right. And and then the other cool thing I think for the players is that they get to stay downtown and they get to be a part, like they get to feel the culture of the city more so than when you're playing 50 minutes outside of Boston at TPC Boston, and you know you're staying in some, you know embassy suites and uh you know <laughs> who's staying at the embassy suites i don't know <laughs> tyler duncan i don't know <laughs> who where would you say where would you stay in in, in suburban uh well, they probably stay downtown Marriott? They, they don't yeah. they don't drive 50 minutes all, all those tour stay. pros they, it, all those tour pros stay they rent like houses. A, yeah, or rent a Airbnb. Like if you go stay in the city, like that that's a cool experience. Stay at the Four Seasons, not the landscaping place, but the the hotel. Not the Wyndham. No Wyndham conversation. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> All right, no, but it's a successful event. Great event. Uh, Houston Open is kind of always a favorite of mine, whether it's in April the week before the Masters, November the week before the Masters. Any other concluding thoughts you have on that? Yeah, one other thing. I just. Like people talk about how tough the golf course is, and I just wonder if they hadn't made the old switcheroo last minute from par seventy two to par seventy, if they'd feel the same way. You know, if if the, if uh, if Carlos Ortiz shoots twenty one under, would they say, "Oh, the course is really tough"? <clears throat> was that the general consensus that it was hard? Was that like I mean, mostly today what was said? like the most scorable day? You could tell they set okay. it up, which I liked. I like that idea, setting it up. Let let guys get after it, but I mean it was tough the first, especially right. the first two days, and and obviously it was like perfect weather conditions. And this is another, I think, point that we we talk about a lot. But outside of you know the 
in November, there's obviously risk of tropical storms coming through that area or, you know, big, but it's a very nice time to be in Houston and it's yeah. nice to see tournament golf played somewhere when it's like nice weather there. And what the other thing that was nice was the fans. And I, I, I kind of enjoyed hearing drunk people <laughs> shouting their faces off for a little bit. Like it's been quiet out there. I, I'm not saying, uh-huh. you know, maybe it was, the, you know, I see Carlos Ortiz fist bumping everyone down the walk line, the tunnel to the scoring area. And then he rubs his nose. I was like, Oh, uh, you know, don't do that, Carlos. <laughs> but, um, he's just, cause I guess he's not playing this week. So I wouldn't if he, whatever. Uh, but it, it was kind of nice to have some noise around. They were hammered. They were loud. There were a lot of yahoos there screaming their face off. I Very mean, loud. I thought it was nice to have that back a little bit. So, I right. I still think golf's better without fans, but that's just me. <laughs> I know you do. That was a well entrenched position long before there was a pandemic of yours. So, all right, Cypress Showdown. Big shot. Bob Horry McIntyre wins the Aphrodite Hills Cypress Showdown. Wins. I should say the net. Because he did not take the least amount of strokes over four days. Do you know who did? Tom Dietrich. I think it was the ferryman. Oh. I think it was Johannes Veerman, the ferryman, I believe. Of course, naturally, on an island, the ferryman is low low strokes across four rounds. But the winner is Big Shot Bob McIntyre. Another emotional, like Carlos Ortiz. Very emotional. So he's been going through some stuff that only his family knows about the last few uh few months very very talented scotsman everyone who seems to know something about him or know him in any kind of more than surface level way say he's an excellent dude a great dude uh and that you know someone you want in the game of golf a character you want in the game of golf and it seems like he probably will be a mainstay on the euro tour for a little bit yeah, I love Big Shot Bob. He's I have a fan favorite ever since he he went after <laughs> Kyle Stanley for not shouting four at uh, yeah. Portrush. Let's see, he did. He passed the sniff test right there. <laughs> That's all it took. Huh? Uh, <laughs> I don't have much else Any, to add anybody, about Cyprus. Anybody that goes and and protects the the great traditions of golf, like yelling four, <laughs> to me, stand up guy. What is the tradition of yelling for, though? I mean, that could have been invented in 1975, for all we know. I don't, I don't think it is, but we'll have to maybe do a pen light on that or a flashlight on four. So, uh, okay, I don't have much to add to, uh, on Cyprus. Do you? No, no, I didn't really watch much of it. I, uh, it it's a kind of a neat format. I would, I should have watched it. It's, uh, you know, but I didn't. It, one thing. <laughs> there you go. One thing it, it you know. Which would be a hard sell for the TV partners. The ever important TV partners is like you do have sort of an out of order finish on Sunday. And this happened. McIntyre was pretty far ahead of the guys who playing behind him. Uh, it just, you know, guy who could win could be in the middle of the T sheet. And then you're left with like 45 minutes of guys coming in that don't matter, but or, or mostly don't matter. That That's not ideal for TV. That, that would be my only counter argument about the format. So. The other thing All is, right. like, if you're a player, you thinking like, "Hey, I got to keep a couple birdies in the tank for tomorrow." You know, I don't want to make all of these putts <laughs> on Saturday. I'm gonna use them all up. <laughs> Big shot, Bob did have to make birdie the last one. He did easily. 
Uh, okay, that's it. That's all I got. We did, we did plenty of Schwab Cup without did even you, a resolution. Did you see? Um, I saw Brentley Romine uh, let me know. I don't know if he let you know that uh, <laughs> that Thomas Dietrich is the new low Belgian waffle. Really? Yeah, new low he Belgian. Peters? Yeah, in the world huh. rankings. Thomas Dietrich. Don't call me Dietrich. Uh, interesting. What's what 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 is he? What's the, the rank? He's the bottom waffle. <laughs> he has a stack of That's waffles. terrible. That's terrible. What is his ranking? He's Do like seventy eight, I think, in the world. I mostly want to know how far seventy four, seventy four or seventy eight in the world. Interesting, interesting. Peters was probably broken up about the fourth and goal punt. You know, still working his feelings out through on that. Not well, worried about the he, doesn't, he doesn't get mad anymore. He just looks at his, <laughs> his daughter. His pictures of his kid. All right. That does it for results. You have any ad read you want to get in? We've got I don't a, think we a have lot of master's ad. ad reads. We've got merchandise up. I all I gotta say is we have master uh no, I shouldn't say we have green pullovers. We have green hats. We got winter hats. We got hoodies, maybe. But mainly, this is a reason just to say. We got polos. We got lots of stuff, but mainly, this is just a reason to let you know your your next purchase from the Shotgun Start merchandise shop. You will get a card, a randomly drawn card from the full. I bought the, we bought the full, what, 1990 pro set of uh pga tour cards you could get a random you trading know, cards you know trading cards yeah like upper deck pro set uh 1990 was it i think 91 so whoever's on tour those years you'll get maybe a little john, slew he- john houston slipped in your uh in your merchandise package so there you go mark, yeah, that's mark calcavecchia i mean stickers are good i think stickers are great you know but i i think a random little card some you know, it's a keepsake. Odds and ends player could from be worth something too. One of them could be worth something. Like, what's a Scott Hoke uh, trading card worth? <laughs> Not much. Scott Scott for Plank. You could maybe nineteen ninety one Fred Couples. If you buy enough, you might be able to collect the whole Oak Tree Gang. <laughs> <laughs> if you buy, you're making. <laughs> wow! Why'd you get another shotgun start hat, <laughs> Brendan? It's like I'm trying to land the whole oak tree game here. Just trying to get all the cards. I'm dismissing Scott for a plank. <laughs> That's a good one. All right. Anyways, appreciate the support of the merchandise and the podcast, and figured I'd let you know about that twist. All right. Hey, it's Masters Week. We're we're reliably told. Um, I'm very excited for that. Are you excited? No, no, no. <laughs> of course, I'm excited. This is like one of the best weeks of the year. It's a, it'll you know, be fun to see it at a different time of year. One thing I was thinking about. So is, is, was was it warm there this weekend? Like 75? Mm-hmm. Like the weather's it's supposed to be great. warm. And I saw it's supposed to rain a lot next week, though. Down there. One thing about the Masters in April, especially for us Northerners, and even maybe down there, is like it feels like, you know, you start to touch like shorts weather, short sleeve weather, or... You know, like you're cheating like the end of winter or cheating the end of like cold weather season a little bit if, you, if you're able to get out of it. And then you, there's that feeling of the Masters. Like, I, and I got that tonight. It's November. There's less pollen. There's less daylight. I was taking the trash out tonight. It's been like 75 here all weekend. It's just like the air was like perfect. I've been shorts and t-shirt. 
And it got that feeling like, oh, it's the start of Masters Week. I don't know. I, this is very like sappy and mystical about like the weather, but like it just the winter ahead is going to be long and cold. But it felt like I'm cheating, cheating that season. And sometimes you feel that on the other end in April. And of course, it's the start of a warm weather season. But it just felt like you're on the edge of something and you're getting a few extra days of wearing shorts and T-shirts or just pleasant weather. It's funny you say that. I, you know, Chicago, we had had a record warm spell like most right. incredible november week probably will ever have in my lifetime and yeah. uh this is gonna bookend it's basically this week's the end right and then i'm over i'm I just, this is the beginning of the end for me until masters next year so yeah i thought there was some symmetry in that i think that it's supposed to stay warm around here this week and it was just interesting it felt like masters week for a little bit there taking the trash out all right. Should we start with Fred Ridley's having a press conference Monday morning? Whoa. Midday, midday Monday. Interesting, right? I got the notice today. It's very interesting. Um, Monday morning. He, he usually talks Wednesday. He's planned to still do that. So this does, as far as I can tell, this does not serve as like a replacement of that. What do you think he's going to talk about? I don't know. I was on a text chain with a few friends of the program. The ideas were, you know rampant running rampant the rumor mongering like you know they tell bryson he's announcing bryson can't use a driver what's he is going to announce maybe it's an alternate shot two-man format to save time against you know daylight i'm, I'm fascinated by it. i think he'll just be like welcome we're you know glad we could do this i think it's probably something around covid right yeah but i'm fascinated to hear what what they could say probably nothing <laughs> but ridley throws these curveballs out of nowhere comes you know what if they, it's a master's ball I mean, what a start to the week that would be. It's kind of, I, I'm, I'm fascinated about that. He usually talks once, and that's it. So, I, that's, that's kind of juicy that he's talking tomorrow. I think it's just going to be like, this is how this week is going to go, unlike any other. And this is how you know we're happy we can do it, I, I think. But maybe maybe there's something more substantial. So, All right. Uh, other news around the Masters. Joaquin Neiman withdraws. Sad, sad to see that, you know, super talent. You'd like to see start to get some real further masters reps, uh, conditions. Should we start to talk about that reports of conditions? You see Rory's quotes here it says soft, a lot more, more Bermuda. This talked to Bob Herrick, great, great interview with Bob Herrick of ESPN.com. He has said a lot more Bermuda in the fairways in the surrounds of the greens. The greens are exactly the same, which I think people probably anticipated, right? Given mm-hmm. the technology they have there, the greens were going to be very similar to what we're used to. Of course, they're probably going to take on rain this week. But the greens are exactly the same as they always are. But for the fairways, it just hasn't been cold enough for the Bermuda to die off. That's going to make things very interesting around the greens. Chipping will be a lot trickier. The fairways, instead of, it, instead of being thin, it can be a little grainier, thicker. But it was soft. There were a lot of mud balls and looks like some rain during the week. So that can be an issue. It's just going to play very different. They haven't done anything to the golf course. It's just the way it's playing. Do you have any reaction to this? It's, it's interesting. I mean... Longer? It's, yeah, it'll play longer. I think... Uh, it'll play wider, too, because it's softer. So it plays yep. wider then. You know, So that should favor longer hitters and a little bit more wild hitters. Uh, you don't have to hit it as precisely. 
chipping that's that's a whole nother thing you know if it's soft and grainier it's it's just gonna be harder and one of the things augusta's not on sand so when it gets rainy there in november wet bermuda is just awful to deal with around greens you know it's right so it's gonna be it'll be chipping's gonna be really tough so it actually might i don't know is it it might give you know a guy that is really good around the greens even more of an advantage than i think augusta gives you a huge advantage if you're really good around the greens like just look at jordan spieth for example like that's how he can manufacture those rounds of 66 where you're like god you it looked like you shot 75 today right um, right i don't know if it because that's the question would it go will it go in the way of where it doesn't really reward the really good players if if it gets really dicey around the green because it's just because it's of- yeah it's hard and unpredictable obviously the mud mud balls suck i mean it's well, it depends on who gets one, but yeah, uh, <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, they don't want that. They don't want you know, thick boy hitting a mud ball and like losing his mind because he caught one in in a moment of truth down the stretch on Sunday. But you know what? Uh, we're gonna I, get we're gonna get a ton of well, the sub air's cranking. We got the sub air cranking. You know, they got the, the sub air here <laughs> that they can turn on and uh, you know. When uh, it rains, is, so like sub air is a wonderful technology, but I'm just going to put this, I'm just going to put this out there when it shits rain and dumps rain, the greens aren't going to be firm. They're still going to be really soft. Right. Right. And the whole Bermuda thing is like the overseed is eight to 10 weeks old. Right. Mm-hmm. And obviously it wasn't as opposed to seven or eight months in April. You know, so it's like there's going to be Bermuda in there, especially like Rory said, it wasn't, you know, warm enough or cold enough to kill off all the Bermuda. So interesting. There's going to be a lot of talk about that. We got three or four days of conditions. Man, talk, maybe, chatter, we need to get, maybe we need to get an agronomy expert on talk about I it. Know. Maybe we should. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, Bryson's yardages are out. Did you see all this chatter? No, he played. So the thing that I took away from this that I was most amused about was he played with Sandy Lyle last week. Now, if I'm Sandy Lyle, and Sandy Lyle related on some radio interview, I think Sirius XM, Inside the Ropes, want to make sure I give appropriate credit. So I love the image of Lyle trying to play with Bryson some practice round or last week. And, you know, listen, Lyle's a lifetime invite. I'd probably go play as many practice rounds, you know, get get your hacks in at Augusta National. But uh, he let out the cat out of the bag, I guess, Sandwedge on number one. Flew the green with a three wood off the tee on three. Eight iron into two. Eight iron into two. I forgot to say that. Eight iron into two. Now, I mean, it's a reachable, but eight iron's pretty, you know. Short club, maybe uh, maybe Ridley's <laughs> announcing some on course out of bounds into like Bryson's landing areas. <laughs> Number eight, I think, was the one that sort of offended me a little bit. Uh, seven iron up the hill, I, eight feels like a real like you gotta give it some oomph. Seven iron just doesn't feel like what you should be hitting into that. What do you think Zatch hole? is gonna be hitting in? Wedge on his third. 
Um, Maybe eight iron. <laughs> I again, the whole thing is like this is gonna be the whole week. Like at some point, this is this is the game now, right? You can't say you won't believe. I could. This is unbelievable. You won't. You can't understand what he had in. <laughs> like, yeah, we like this is just what it is now. It's like Stephen Curry hitting the three pointer. Like yeah. that. That just kind of this is golf. It's not like. And there's a little bit of a carnival aspect to it, but like the way we hype it up makes it seem like he's doing something like, yeah, this is him. This is who he is. 18 holes or, you know, every time he's hit driver. So, you know, and he can hit on- driver everywhere there. Yeah. That's the other the thing. Upslope. I know. Where was he not hit driver? I guess he's not hitting on three because he's over <laughs> hitting it over the green with the three wood. Um, he said he hit a three wood on 13, three wood, seven iron, 13. <laughs> Holy shit. That's the other big rumor that they put some new tree in on the left side that makes it harder to really cut it. So, but three wood, seven iron on 13 did not hit a driver there. What do you have um, into 14? 14. I don't have in front of me. It's the one that kind of. Also, again, broke my brain as I just lectured on how we shouldn't have our brain. Was he on the upslope on nine? You know, yeah. through, I guess, what would be the walkway like, across there? It's, it's so wide there. That's one of the, the one of the things about where he's hitting it is, like, where he's going to hit it He is wider than where everybody else is going to hit it, too. That's a good point. So, like, the thing where I- he hits it uh, on two, like... It's just going to be, in, it's insanely wide at nine, like when you get past, because all the trees they planted to narrow stuff aren't planted where he's yeah. hitting it. So yeah. like the hundreds of trees they've planted. So for the 300 yard hitter, they're having to hit it into 40 yard corridor. He's right. going to hit it into 90 yard corridor. <laughs> oh, the thing that... The thing that's so great about nine though, is you're playing off a downhill side hill up you know, back yeah. up to an elevated green. And if he's hitting it to the upslope, like that's just not, I mean, more power to him, you know, it's, I'm not, but that approach shot is hard because you're playing off like a side hill downhill. And, and, you know, if he's getting all the way to the upslope and just hitting a wedge up the hill to that green, it's not really how that should be done. But, uh, what else? Yeah. 15, he had a nine iron. That's pretty short club to be hitting into a par five, but, not completely unheard of at this point, right? We've seen guys hitting some pretty low irons into mm-hmm. 15. Yeah. You know? So nine irons, pretty short. 17, he had a sand wedge. That's, that's, uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, this is going to be, I figured we might as well talk about it now. So Joel Beal had some other, I forget what, he had some details on it too. So, uh, was he using yeah, he cr- the 48 inch degree driver or 48 inch driver? With I, the, I don't know with, that that's clear. With Mr. Flumper. I don't think he was. He cleared the trees on the right side of 18 as well. What so is uh? Sure. What's Sandy gonna activate this year? We should have gotten him a shotgun sh- start shirt or hat. I don't know the. Do we have the budget for that? It we can't might be expensive. <laughs> Flipper, is Flipper even around? So, uh, anything else on Augusta? Bryson's arrived. He's in camo. Rory's got peaches on his golf ball. A lot of activations are starting to roll out. I thought, 
you know, people were fired up about his golf balls having peaches on them. I'm like, oh, those are just leftovers from the ultimate prize, the event he truly cares about, the tour championship. <laughs> the that's, Georgia, that's the other Georgia George. peaches. His real, the, his real Georgia prize. Hey, you gotta get. So. I might be taking Rory this week. You gotta you stop, stop giving him such a hard time. I'm not giving him a hard time. What do you mean? I want him uh, to feel good. I don't want him to be picked on by a podcaster. I'm pretty sure Roy doesn't know I ex- <laughs> care about anything I have to say, and rightfully so. I want Rory to win. I think that would be the best story. I love Rory and rooting for him. I was making a joke about peaches on his golf ball. We don't need activations every which way. Nike's got their things going. We might have Ricky in a pilgrim outfit. Who knows what's going to happen with Puma? So, But it's Masters week. We, I'm fascinated. I can't wait. Weather's nice. Fred Ridley might be... You know, pulling the rug out from underneath these guys on Monday. We'll see. It's probably the most, you know, uh, it's just probably. A God, what is he going to talk about? Or is he just going to say welcome? I think he's just going to say welcome. Why? Why does he need to do that? I don't know. The digital people aren't allowed to ask questions to Ridley. So we can't be firing questions at him over the Zoom chat. Only people in the room are allowed to. And we are not there this year. So. Uh, okay. That's it. I'm excited. We're obviously going to have ample. You have any other news? Anything else you want to talk about? Not, not right now. I'm going to save some bullets for later in the week. Yeah. I figured we would just dabble a little bit with some of those price and yardages and Rory comments and all that. I should probably do master's fact of the day. Oh, but I can't. Did Baba send one? No. I don't have an updated one, but he did ask us to mention that his uh, Symmetra tour player, Fatih Cano, Robinson Cano's little sister. No, I have no idea. Fatih Cano uh, was the leading winner on the Symmetra tour is missing this week's tour championship. She mixed three of 10 tour events with positive COVID tests and they only award five cards to Symmetra grads. So there's a chance she falls from number one and misses getting the LPGA in U.S. Women's Open start because of missing three events, 30% of the season because of her positive COVID test. It's a tough break. Tough break for uh, Fatih. I, I feel like they should give more than five cards. Yeah, that seems like a pretty small amount, limited, narrow way to play your way up to the big tour, right? Yeah, so. I feel like it should be at least 10. All right, we will have... Ample podcast coming to you this week. We are excited to have a Masters. It's coming six, seven months after it. No Bixby House, nobody on site. But uh, ample we're thrilled Bixby to talk though. About. <laughs> ample Bixby. I might actually no Bixby need to house, get, a but sec- I, get another order in. I have like four bags. I'm ready to ready to go for a shotgun start blind. I might be doing right. four or five ba- four or five cup days again. Yeah. Well, the thing with the limited daylight, we're gonna be done by like five. Right? We're not going to go until 7, 8 o'clock. All that. So be over by 5 or 6. All right. Everyone enjoy your Mondays. We will be off and running. Lots of Masters podcasts. Maybe we'll get uh, Fried Egg Polly involved. Do some picks. See what he... See how he, you know, handicaps Larry Mize or we Mr. Could, Flimper this, we this week. We could call up Polly. See what he's doing. We'll do a little picks. We'll do a little uh, Masters preview. And uh, we'll be off and running. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you Wednesday.